here is singer-songwriter, broadcaster, audio-video artist, entertainment agent, and your host for the Dharmic Evolution. It's the master storyteller himself, James Kevin O'Connor. Hey, all you fans of the Dharmic Evolution Podcast, thank you for being here once again. And for those of you who are new to the space, my job is to uncover the best of the best indie singer-songwriters, musicians, bands, authors, speakers, and thought leaders from around the world and present them to you before they get discovered by the mainstream. This is the podcast you will find undiscovered talent before they hit the big time. It's what we do. Hey, did you know that the life you want is within reach? Well, come and get it. The Dare to Declare Academy is a 12-week certification program with monthly masterminds. It's for coaches and ambitious entrepreneurs who are ready to attract the right clients and achieve their income goals month after month by becoming a certified Dare to Declare Vision Board Facilitator. Now, if you've ever wanted to learn about vision boards, you're in the right space today. So you better strap up your seatbelts because we're taking a ride from the Music City all the way to Canada to hang out with Debbie Sluice. Debbie, welcome to the Dharmic Evolution. Thank you. I'm excited to be here. I'm so happy you... Uh, you decided to join us here and share all the wonderful things that you are doing. And just to let you folks know, Debbie and I have met in a, a very high-level elite coaching program, and I have learned so much and gained so much from uh, not only uh, Dave Conway, but also Debbie and all the other um, uh, participants in this program, really some incredible people. And uh, you were just saying about your dad being a pastor, that's true. I'm a preacher's kid. Well, he's retired, but I don't think that ever goes away, that title. Yeah, and things stick to you, don't they? <laughs> they do. They do. It was interesting. I was at a wedding recently, and uh, I don't know if a little bit of celebrity status when you're like a preacher's kid, but it's just people kind of want to talk to you about that and about things, and um, just interesting. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's really great. It's um. You know, people, I don't, um, I keep my, I, t I wear my badge as a chaplain. You know, mostly folks know I'm a chaplain. But, um, you know, it's funny because sometimes I have to keep my shirt over it because people think I'm a police officer. <laughs> and, and I'm like, no, 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 I'm just a Christian chaplain. But um, but I, 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 when I go on airplanes, I usually pull the flight attendant aside and I just say, hey, you know, I'm a Christian chaplain, I'm sitting in 31 whatever and if you need me i'm there that's it and it's just you know it's just a common courtesy type thing but um yeah i've i've grown into it i was a little reticent to uh to do it i was invited in actually um by a writing partner of mine and uh the more i'm in it the more i'm learning and the more i'm, I'm happy to be here and to serve and speaking of serving, I want to talk to you about your beautiful and wonderful business that has really caught fire. And um, now you started off, uh, before you started this business, you were in a completely different industry. Is that correct? Yeah, I guess it was completely different, although it really led me to where I'm at. So I was in childcare. And I started off, I am still an early childhood educator. So working with young children, zero to five, and then, you know, before and after school programs. In fact, the organization I was at for 30 years, I began in their summer camp program. And so I was working with 
six to 12 year olds. And, and uh, it's interesting because some of those kids ended up becoming some of my employees later on uh, because I was there for such a long time. So it was really rewarding in that way. But yeah, so um, we grew the organization from a single location to when I left uh, two and a half years ago, it was four locations. It's not for profit, so I didn't own it, but I, I certainly acted as though I did. I really felt like the mother um, of the organization. It became part of my family. And uh, I worked for a board of directors. I had about 75 employees. And that's really where it led me to coaching was that a lot of my role, even though it was professional development, I was actually providing coaching and personal development with my employees because they would come into the office with challenges. And as you know, when, you know, with doing this work, it's never about what the uh, problem appears to be. It's usually has to do with, you know, self-confidence, self-esteem, and maybe some issues that they're carrying from their childhood. And so um, I wasn't trained then, but I did find my way around um, providing them support and coaching, but that wasn't part of my job description. So that's why I started my company was I really wanted and had a heart for educators and wanted to support them, but also in a positive way. So that's why I wanted them to um, see more than what was maybe their past and even their current situation and to have hope for um, what they could create and create a vision. And so that's where uh, I stepped into um, my company dared to declare, which was supporting educators to create vision boards. Awesome. So you you recognized that you had the heart of a coach um, long before you came became a coach, which which I think is many people's story. Um, so when was it a sudden shift, or did this kind of gradually happen, like almost organically, little by little, when you decided to create what you have now? Yeah, it, it actually, I didn't take on the title of coach until really maybe two years ago. My company is more than five years old. And so when I stepped into the company, it was facilitating workshops because that was a natural progression for me because I had been doing professional development, as I said, in my other role. I'm Canadian and I was touring my province. I was giving um, talks about the remarkable work that our organization was doing with children, which was really groundbreaking um, at that time. And so I started doing workshops. And so my company, I saw myself as a workshop facilitator and I built a studio, which is beautiful. It was specially designed to do uh, vision boards. And then I was speaking, I was, so I was also doing public speaking and I was speaking at an event and the one of the other speakers gave this uh, statement and question. And she said, what's the price you're paying for not following your dream. And I was standing at the back of the audience uh, because uh, like I said, I had just spoken. And so, you know, standing with the other speakers and that hit me like an arrow in my heart. And I thought, wow, the price is too high. And I have this beautiful company that's just waiting for me to step into and for me to serve. And then she followed up that question with a second one that said, what's the price those around you are paying? for you not following your dream. And that was, that cemented it for me. And I thought, this is my time. And I'm not doing this strictly for myself. And I think we get caught up in that whole idea of it being selfish uh, versus self-full. And, you know, and, and so I thought I get to do this for my grandson who had just been born the month before I get to do this for my daughters. 
And um, so I decided then to give my notice to my board of directors uh, and give them six months notice because I've been there for 30 years. And uh, so I I did that. Didn't know COVID was going to hit. But when I joined my first coaching program, which is also an elite program, uh, he said to me, oh, well, this is for coaches. I said, oh, no, I'm not a coach. I'm a workshop facilitator. (laughs) (laughs) And um, so unbeknownst to I had been coaching, I was coaching, and I had the natural disposition, not just the heart of a coach, but I also had the curiosity, uh, which I think is innate as an early child educator and certainly is part of my makeup. And so just being naturally curious and a good listener and observer. And so all of those served me very well as I grew in my role as a coach and a workshop facilitator. Wow. So um, let's talk about the vision boards. Like, how did you get to that space? It's something I'm assuming that you had always been interested in. um, And it was just a natural, you know, part to add to what you were doing. Or how did how did this come to be? So that was very much out of the blue and, and, and nothing's ever out of the blue, as we know, yeah. everything is um, purpose-driven and, and intentional. But uh, because of my role as a childcare and because I was doing public speaking, I needed a professional photo because I was now on the circuit. And so, you know, I needed a photo, I needed a bio. And I went to a photographer and uh, had photos taken for the first time, branding photos, and I, they were extraordinary. I, actually, I still use them. And uh, I looked at them and I said to her, who's that rock star? Like, I want to be her. <laughs> and she said, she's you. And I didn't, when I looked in the mirror, I didn't see that same woman. I saw a mother, a childcare director, a sister, all the other titles. But I, for a moment, I had the glimpse into what was possible, which is now my current life five years later and I saw her and so I knew in that moment like the connection between vision and the magic and images there was something there so I started to research and I discovered Jack Canfield who co-wrote Chicken Soup for the Soul and his success principles and he was very instrumental in my learning and and uh and I yeah I just hibernated for the winter and researched everything I could as I discovered vision boards and so I had not ever done them prior to five years ago. I had never even done a vision board before. I didn't even know about them. And so I created my own curriculum based on my Christian faith, based on what I know about brain research with children and how an instrumental those first five years are and how our brain, the neuroscience, I was just, that was all really starting to come out. And then uh, people like Jack Canfield and others who are experts in the field Um, And then I created my own curriculum based on all of that. So I didn't follow one specific person because I didn't find anything that specifically aligned with my own beliefs. Can you share with us um, either your first um, win or experience uh, with a vision board? Can you remember like when it first like, you know, solidified in your mind that this is really powerful stuff? Like when was that? Hmm. Well, I I love when I get stories from um, past clients. And actually, um, I'll go back to your question, but I had it this weekend. I was at a night market, a Christmas night market, because my daughters are both entrepreneurs and I was helping them out. And this woman came up to me. I didn't recognize her. And she called me by name and she said, well, I was one of your first clients. So this is going back like four or five years ago. And I said, oh, 
sorry, I don't remember you. She said, no, that's okay. She says, but do you know that the vision board I made that day changed my life? Wow. I know it's such a gift. And I said, you know, that's amazing. She said, yeah. She said, when I have company that comes over to my house, I pull out my vision board and I tell them about the experience I had with you and how it's changed my life and how look at my life now. And she said, do you remember? She said, I don't know if you still do this. She says, but do you remember I wrote a check from the universe? And I said, yep, I still do that with my clients. She said, yeah. She said, it only took till Christmas for that to manifest. She said, that check meant like that amount manifested into my life. And so I just love, I get to hear these stories on a weekly basis from past clients. But I think the first magical experience that I had was, uh, and this actually helped um, shape the way that I, ongoing, how I deliver vision boards. It was a manager of the women's center, the local women's shelter. And she asked me if I would do a vision board for the women who use the services. And I said, yes, I would love to gift that back to the community. That would be my honor. And it really made me pause and think about the experience and what I was offering. And I thought, wow, seven life areas. Like typically that's what I guide and coach my clients through. And I thought that's a lot for someone who's in crisis. Like, I think you maybe be thinking about finances and shelter, but you know, spiritual vision or, you know, or education, like those just wouldn't maybe be a priority perhaps at that time. I don't know, but I thought, what do I have in common with her? And I thought, intuition that's what i have and i know whenever i've been in crisis not to that degree but my intuition is even more prominent and loud than any other time so i actually flipped the script and i and i started over with the workshop that i had been delivering and i called it dreaming dreaming vision board workshop and the other thing that i did was i cut the boards in half because i normally do a large board like 20 by 30 because i thought i want it to be respectful and that they dream they feel like they've left with a full board. And uh, I imagined that the um, the mothers would be so proud of their daughters because there was three sets of mothers and daughters. Well, I was right on one of the three points. The first was that the intuitive workshop was a hit and it, it translated beautifully. And in fact, that's the only one I deliver now. I don't go back to the first one I created. But um, the other points around... Um, about the mothers and daughters, for example, um, I was wrong. Um, it was actually the other way around. The, the daughters were so proud of the moms, in some cases, who are using their voice for the first time. And there was so much beautiful emotion. And the other piece, I had cut the boards in half. No, we all deserve to dream big. And more than half the group asked for larger boards. And so I, again, realized never to try to curb the dreaming and to just give so much space. And when you give space, the space gets used and um, you create space and you're going to dream that much bigger instead of trying to put borders on it. So um, yeah, so those were really great lessons. And I, 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 I saw that as a win for sure. <laughs> so people coming back to you and telling you stories about how they've actually achieved these dreams and seen these things come to fruition, uh, that must be really something to see, you know, and to experience. Can you take us through like just a mini, uh, let's pretend like we're doing a vision board together. Can we just do like a, like a rapid uh, succession of what you would have us do? Sure. Well, okay. it takes six hours. I'll tell you that. 
Okay, okay. we're going to do it in 10 minutes. <laughs> or 15. I can do it even faster. So yeah. <laughs> I've got a couple of shortcuts. So the uh, my mantra is dream, discover, and declare. And okay. so that's really the framework of the vision board. Or in other words, you could say, ask, believe, and receive. So that's really the foundational pieces of asking for what you want. So getting really clear on what it is that you want. And also that's where the dreaming comes in. And so the first parts of the vision board workshop is setting setting the stage or preparing the environment because many of us as adults are stuck in our left brain, which is where the analytical side, the reasoning side, it needs to make sense. We wanna have strategies, we wanna just get to it. Um, and the right side is where the creativity lies, which is also that intuitive side. And so um, if you were to come to me in person, I actually play music um, that invokes that. Uh, I actually diffuse essential oils and I have a number of activities. So one question, and I, anyone listening, you can do this, is I ask my clients, um, what would you tell your 16-year-old self? And... So we get some really beautiful answers. In some cases, it's to get them back on the right path. And in other cases, it's like my 16-year-old, she had it or he had it going on. Like I I I should, you know, I what I want to say to them is stay the course. Like don't lose yourself in your 20s. Like you knew what you were doing, where you were going, you're 16. Don't let anyone talk you out of it. Um, and then my next provocation is now you're 80 years old. And so what would your 80 year old self and, you know, 80 year olds have no filter. They don't give a crap, right? right. Like they're just yeah. going to say it the way that it is. Yeah. So yeah. your 80 year old self is talking to your current self. And what are they saying to you? And, you know, it's so much wisdom. So I'm kind of giving it away here, but I'm going to just do it rapid fire. There's so much wisdom that comes up. And often what we're surprised or what the clients are surprised with is that, what they tell their 16-year-old self and what their 80-year-old is telling their current self is very, very similar. And uh, so then um, I ask my clients to take their right hand, wrap it around their left arm, take their left hand, wrap it around the right arm and hold themselves, hold the three versions of themselves, 16-year-old self, current self, and 80-year-old self, and just hold her or him in this beautiful embrace, knowing that you have all the wisdom within you to create a powerful vision. We have it within us. And so when we set that stage, we move into the next part, which is so what, when, we, when we got clear on what we want, it's about believing or it's about discovering what it is. And so we got to deal with some of the crap, like those limiting beliefs, things that get in the way, uh, because you can't build a vision on a garbage dump. And so I help my clients move through that, uncover it. I mean, I can't do it in a couple of hours, but it's just even just noticing and acknowledging it. For sometimes it's the first time and for others, they're like, oh yeah, there it is again. And then you get into discovering the images and I'm a big proponent of paper. So even if we did a digital version online, um, I would ask for you to uh, secure magazines or secondhand books or flyers, but that it be in the hand. Uh, again, that's me as an educator. I think once it's in the hand, it becomes in the heart. So it gets more in, again, in the subconscious. Right. And so versus trying to Googling an outcome, you know, um, and some of my protocols, again, are very unique to dare to declare such as um, 
the images be large. Uh, and, and that's for the reason of the declaration of letting God know the universe know, like, this is what I want. It's not like a little image saying, oh, maybe I want this. You know, um, I also have another protocol where a dare to declare vision board looks very different because I'm going to encourage you to leave space between each image where most vision boards are collage. And the whole point of creating a vision board is to for clarity, but secondly, for focus, because you want to focus on your board on a daily basis, which raises your vibration, which promotes the law of attraction. And so why would you have images competing with each other and lessen the optimization of focus? So those are just a few of the things that I lead my clients through. There's some other protocols specific, again, as I said, to the workshop. And then the last part is, so dream, discover. The last part is declare. And many facilitators leave this part off. Um, but it's so important is to declare your board. So it's like an affirmation saying your whole board as though it already is in your life but it's about a future tense. So I'm so happy and grateful now that I live in this beautiful home with my family. We have friends and family over to have barbecues in the backyard. Um, you know, our beautiful um, boat is parked behind the house uh, where we can take it out on the river and our friends, you know, enjoy time with us. Our marriage is so healthy and loving, whatever it is, but you're gonna tell the whole story as though it's already in your life. And it's really powerful. Uh, to do that and then the last piece is i teach my clients how to use their board uh and to also develop goals from it so i distinguish really clearly between vision and goals so a vision board is something that is bigger than you and that it requires divine intervention so that's why it feels like a miracle when it manifests it's not like something that you can just get to um, whereas goals are created from the vision and those are based on daily habits. But the beautiful thing is the connection between goals and vision is that when you accomplish your goals, the win, the success, the feeling that you have when they're accomplished is the same feeling. It's just smaller, but it's the same feeling that you have when it fully manifests. So you are already living your vision by stepping into your goals, because as you have those small wins, you're acknowledging it, you're being grateful for it and uh, you're experiencing it yeah you um you mentioned the sensory touching like really getting down and getting uh kind of granular and organic and you know i so admire that because it's it's the difference between um you know as as a writer um i've always asked people to don't be afraid to push that pencil like physically write on paper um, and, and we use, obviously, we have to use laptops and things like that for expediency and efficiency. But there's nothing better than, I think, connecting the brain uh, to the heart um, and the desire, like really physically doing that. So, um, you know, I, I so get what, what you're doing, what you're counseling people to do with, uh, you know, physically cutting the pictures out and putting them on. Let me ask you about the cutting the boards in half. Why did you originally uh, have the boards? Did you just think it was just too big originally? Or like, like what was the reason for that? Well, I was concerned that their focus was on safety because they okay. were using services of the Women's Center and that perhaps they wouldn't have enough um, interests in their life to put all of that represent 
like represented on a board with a variety of images. And um, so I was well-meaning, but I was, that wasn't coaching. Like I, I, I limited their space to dream. Right. But I was saying it as though, you know, I was protecting them. And um, I see now that that was wrong. So what about the um, the timeline on this? Now, now you get your board all done and you say, this is it. I got everything. Um, any people coming in late innings or is that forbidden? Like, I want to add to it now, uh, but two weeks have gone by or three weeks. So what are the rules for that? Yeah, I love that you brought up rules. So there is no right or wrong way to do this. And I'll say that, you know, some people have created collages uh, and they're like, it worked. And I said, awesome. Tell me about that. Well, I, I put, I made this collage about 20 years ago and I'm living in my dream home. And I'm like, well, if you got 20 years to wait, cool. But I'll tell you that my protocols will shorten the gestation time. So, um, yeah. And so, sorry, what was your question so, again? So wait, gi- wait, give me, an, about- give me one quick example of how you shorten it. Cause it's, that's really good. Yeah, so it's it's just the variety of um, protocols that I have, like creating space between your images, so that you it's like having margins in a book. If you didn't have any margins or chapters in a book, your eyes would go buggy. Like it just you wouldn't be able to focus on what you're reading. And so by having the board being very intentional and ordered. And what you and I both are learning, James, I think with the teaching, right, is that disorder and chaos, we we can't, like the universe doesn't respond to that, right? So we want to have it be orderly. And so you want to create order also on your vision board so that uh, you can get really clear about letting God know, like, this is what I want. What I also want to just, if I can just go as an aside here. Yeah. Um, about gratitude, because I keep talking about the wants, but I, I really feel it's important. And I, I mean, I got to share um, the fact that I'm a Christian at the onset of this. And the way that I see a vision board, and again, the way that I do it is unique. And Jack Canfield himself, I was interviewed by him last year. He was really uh, curious about my perspective about a vision board, because I view it as an act of worship as an act of gratitude. And what I mean by that is, it's that, like, if I think I've got four kids and, you know, I I taught them and I taught my grandchildren, I teach my grandchildren to be polite. And so when you get something, you say, thank you. And it's always after the fact, right? But what if we wake, woke up in the state of gratitude so that we're completely trusting God for the day that's ahead, that we can be grateful for what has not yet occurred. And so I think about a vision board in the same way is that God's given us this beautiful gift of life. And if you're listening to this, you have this gift of life. You have, you opened your eyes to a new day. And so what we get to do with that gift is to fully expand it. And there's like a parable in the Bible, right? Of the owner of the field and he gave servants talents and what they decided to do with them. And so I think about this is what we get to do is that we get to take this gift and we get to dream as large as possible into this beautiful life of what's possible. And that's why when what shows up is always bigger and better than what I imagined. 
which means that it also can look different, which is very curious. And sometimes I've literally had something hit me over the head and I said no to it. I, I turned it down and it was exactly what I was praying for. It was exactly what I had been aff affirming, but because it came in a different format or in a different way, I didn't even see it. And yet it was bigger and better. So any regrets for turning it down? So, well, do you want me to give you the example? Yeah, I, I'm, I'm interested yeah? in this. So this yeah. is just like, so actually it's interesting because it involves our coaching company. So I was at a retreat um, early October in Saskatoon, on Canada. And at that retreat, I declared, I will do luxury retreats abroad with my own magazine. They, like they had us write down our, our vision. And so I, I declared that. And so about a week later, I was talking to my mastermind group, which I highly recommend having a mastermind group. And I said to the ladies, I have this big problem. One of my clients, I run an academy, so I teach others to do my business. And one of my graduates from this academy has a vision board workshop lined up in Cape Cod. She can't do it. She's had a lot of tragedy in her life. And um, she's been asking me to do it. But I keep turning it down because I have this other retreat that I've committed to. I've paid for it. Um, I've um, said I would do something at it. And I think if the mastermind ladies could have come through the screen, they would have. Like they would have taken the screen and said, are you crazy? This is what you've been affirming. And this is what we just heard you affirm a week ago at the Vision Maker to do luxury retreats abroad. Now, abroad, it's only in, you know, I'm in Canada, it's in the States, but right. it's abroad for me. I'd never done it outside of my country. And Cape Cod, I mean, the, the location was high-end luxury for sure. And I realized that the paradigm I had been hanging on to was the little voice that said, don't waste. It's how I was raised. Right. I was raised by immigrant parents and you don't waste anything and so you know by letting go of this retreat that i had paid for in my mind i was wasting it so here's the other beautiful miracles that happened i got to gift it i got to gift it to a deserving person so you're saying and you gifted the one that you originally paid for and yes oh wow that was very generous wow but it yeah. was exactly what god wanted yeah. i got to do that and then i got to go to Cape Cod, work with 12 extraordinary businesswomen and be paid for that. Yeah, amazing. <laughs> so I got a retreat and I was paid for it. And a, you, the listeners can't see this, but you can see, I created a magazine in four weeks, which wow. I debuted at this retreat. And the women used 75 to 80% of those images. So I literally, packed it in my carry-on. So that took four weeks to manifest. Wow, that was a that was a grand slam, not even a home run. <laughs> so this stuff works, folks. Get your get your uh, collages out and get to what Debbie's website quickly. Um, <laughs> I, I also want to talk about um, Dare to, de to Declare and your academy a little bit too, because uh, uh, I want you to just please explain, like, when somebody starts to work with you, um, there's more than just one thing here that you can embrace and, and feel compelled to um, 
to sign up for. So can you tell us a little bit about that? Yeah. So that group, that coaching program I started with, the one that I said I wasn't a coach, that one, Right. Uh, when I finished, uh, what happened was many coaches are not familiar with doing workshops. So it was quite, it was quite interesting to see, whereas I was learning to be a coach, they were learning to facilitate workshops and were very curious and interested about vision boards. Cause a lot of people have heard about vision boards, but not in the way that I was doing it, which aligns with coaching. Most people have heard about it as sort of a party trick and as something that you do at new year's Eve, but not the transform transformational qualities. And so my fellow students and colleagues were asking. And so, and they were hiring me to do vi personal vision boards. And then actually two of the four founders. So it was very interesting. So all of a sudden, instead of being the student to be the coach, they did vision boards with me which was really interesting and in fact the company uh, brought me on as an official partner uh with that coaching company which just ended last year or this this year but uh so that was so interesting and validating to know that i had something really special but it also gave me this nudge like god was pushing me out of the nest again to say this is bigger this is bigger than just your one woman show um and so many coaches are interested in this because people were asking me Deb, can we just screenshot this? Do you mind if we use it with our coaching? And so I literally, again, this was where I was dif having difficulty receiving. Um, I literally tried to talk myself out of it. I was, I researched to try to find someone else who was doing this to say, well, there gotta be someone else. Well, there wasn't. And so I hired a course content creator coach, which is again, another tip for anyone listening. Um, you surround yourself with experts. And, and so um, she actually had been a former client of mine, and I remembered her. I also knew that she was still um, had early years background similar to me, and it was just all aligned. Um, and so she came on my uh, team, and we created, well, as she said, we created the airplane on the way up, which felt super scary. So I was, I was, you know, marketing a program that I only had one or two lessons for that, you know, was this full program. <laughs> <laughs> and so they were my beta group uh, and they still are some of my biggest advocates for this. And were, it was remarkable. So I had eight coaches sign up then and I led them through a six week program. And in the last 18 months, it's now grown. We have 23 graduates from five different countries and it's now 12 week program. So you do your own vision board up front. It's still the six core weeks of training which gives you everything that I do within my business but the assets keep growing as well so in addition to having the six hour vision board workshop that you can do online or in person I also have a power word workshop which I use I just did it in Muskoka last week which is northern Ontario here in Canada for 30 educators I use it as a lead magnet I have a couple's vision board workshop I have a kids vision board workshop Tomorrow, I'm actually leading my uh, academy through another journaling vision board workshop. So all of these assets are now part of the academy that they can and do use as part of their business. So they're not buying a franchise. Uh, I'm doing that purposefully because they can take my branding off of it. They can use, they're using the integrity of the program because it works, but they can infuse it into whatever their business is. And I have a yoga instructor, I have educators and artists, um, coaches. I have one male, he's a cardiologist, which <laughs> we, we giggle because I giggle, he makes me laugh. He said, 
you know, Deb, a cardiologist teaching vision boards is kind of like a cardiologist teaching knitting. (laughs) (laughs) Everybody does a double take like what? And um, he's he's extraordinary. And he has a he also is a coach and he has a whole wellness program because he wants to avoid people to have his services as a cardiologist. And so he's really about the prevention and um, part of his coaching wellness program includes a vision board. And so he is, yeah, he's amazing. He's in Ireland and uh, he's my only male graduate so, so far. <laughs> so is, is that by design or it just so happens that, you know. Just so just, happens. Yeah, yeah. So um, so with all that you're doing, I want to ask you about um, me time for Debbie. So what do you do when, because you've, you've got a full plate of things going on here, obviously. Um, so what do you do for yourself that is um, you find like gives you some kind of perspective, relief? Um, Do you meditate? Do you do yoga? Do you go out in nature? Like what is your jam when you want to just get away for just take a little break for yourself? If you would like to book a one-hour complimentary coaching discovery session with me, please reach out. Use the link that's in the show notes. It's calendly.com forward slash dharmic. Now let's get back to Debbie's interview. Well, daily I I pray uh, every morning. So that's my meditation. I also read a devotional um, attached to scripture. And so that just really grounds me and starts off. I do that every day. Um, I love to travel, love to travel. And so what's been really beautiful is I don't really feel like I need a break. Yeah. Uh, And so I was just um, for two weeks in Florida with my husband and um, I did shut off my calendar for any new calls, but I served my clients. So I ran my academy still. I had my one-on-one clients. Like I, I do one-on-one coaching as well. And so I served all of those clients. But as long as I've got Wi-Fi, like I, I'm good to go. And so I literally was, you know, swimsuit underneath my little dress. And, you know, I would just pop off my dress and head back to the pool for a few hours and then come back and serve a client. And um i love that i love that i get to because someone asked me they said are you vacationing are you working i said i'm living yeah that's awesome yeah i i start i don't start my day without prayer i mean i i have this book called jesus calling uh, by sarah young she's australian uh, really fabulous and there's there's one piece for each day of the year so it's you know it's got every date in it and then it's backed up by by scripture so i start that and then of course i journal every single day morning pages and things um do you journal i don't you don't need to you got vision boards going i suppose (laughs) i suppose uh it's something that i'm attracted to like when i hear people journaling i'm thinking oh um but yeah no I, i i don't yeah um you know, how many, you've got four kids, you said. So how old are your kids? Uh, my oldest, my son last week turned 31. And my daughters, their birthday's today, actually. And they turned 28. Twins. And I have twins, yeah. Wow. Identical twin daughters, yeah. And uh, and then we have a younger son who, many people think that this is our second marriage. Like he's, because, you know, he's kind of, much younger than the other children but he's 19 and uh he's in uh they're they're all out of the house but my youngest isn't permanently yet he just goes to college and comes home on the summers and sometimes on the weekends yeah awesome and then you got a grandchild or two or 
three actually. So um, the girls both have children. So um, my old, the oldest twin by five minutes, she's got two children. So a three-year-old and then a baby. Uh, and the girls actually, the twins had babies five weeks apart, uh, a boy and a girl. So that's been really fun, but a bit of a deja vu that there's two babies you know, it's kind of like having twins, um, but it, it yeah, came so they're having again. a lot of fun being <laughs> on maternity leave together. And they live near me, like they're five and 10 minute drive from me, which is lovely. And I get to see them all oh, the time. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. I got two sons and three grandchildren now. It's just amazing, you know, what, what they bring into your life. It's crazy. So um, I, I want to finish up with uh, the preacher's daughter again. So um, <laughs> how did that impact you growing up as far as... Um, you know, realization, uh, church duties. Um, was it something you resisted or something you embraced? Because, and the reason I ask this is because I was raised, you know, I, classic Irish Catholic, big family, you know, small house, that whole thing. And I was driven away from church, you know, for, for many, many years. And here I am a chaplain. How did that ever happen? God does have a sense of humor. So I'm interested in how you... Um, came to like understand what your dad was and and how you um reacted to it or or you know was it good bad mixed how how was it growing up having you know a preacher in the family yeah hmm pretty loaded question so you can probably feel from my energy it feels heavy mm -hmm. and it was difficult actually my grandfather was also a minister uh, my mom's father so um and they were one of the first that came from the netherlands to canada so very much um a very conservative um upbringing and i like i use this word in my workshops especially within my power word workshop because each word can carry its own weight and I use the word responsibility. Okay. And I that really sums up my childhood that I felt that I needed to be responsible. I was the eldest of two children in our family. I was a preacher's daughter. Uh, we lived in front of the church in a parsonage or a church attached like near the church um, and just entertaining people that would come. Like if my dad had people from the church, we would be serving the tea and coffee and just always being on our best behavior. So a lot of responsibility. And I felt that word, I didn't like it. Yeah. And then I remember when I met Jack Canfield and two things that he started off his talk with was first gratitude, as I talked about earlier. And then he said, you need to take responsibility for your life. And I kind of thought to myself an excuse, but I kind of thought F you, Jack. Right. Mm -hmm. You don't know what I've gone through. What do you mean take responsibility for my life? And I didn't even get it that day. Like it took it, it took a while. I, I would say like a lot of coaching to understand that when you actually pull the word apart, it's response ability. And we have the ability to respond. Right. And when you look at it in that way, it's like instead of life being imposed upon us and happening to us, we have control. We have, It's happening for us. And again, that's when we put our trust back in God. And so just even that simple word of responsibility, we have the ability to respond and or we can respond to our abilities, as one of my educators pointed out. And so uh, 
sticking back to the question, it was challenging. And I think a lot of my young motherhood was about shoulds and also feeling like I needed to keep up appearances. Um, I worked outside the home, as you as I, you heard, I had a career and that was not accepted. Like in my conservative faith, women should be at home. It sounds crazy in this day and age, but that was really the overall feeling. So I always felt I had something to prove. So my children always had to look a certain way and I needed to show what a great mom I was, even though I was working outside the home. And so a lot of that tainted my 20s and 30s where I felt like I had to put on a show and so, yeah, it, it, it really, I've only really been coming into my own with this, with this work that I've been doing for myself. And now that I can provide for other women where I want them to see, see the person in the mirror, not have to necessarily be a, a professional branding photo, although I do highly recommend that process, but to create the image of what do you want for your life and realizing that that's your responsibility and we get to do that as an act of gratitude to our creator. That's wonderful. Yeah, I think um, we've talked a lot about this. And it's it's almost like we are not given permission to be who we really are. Like our authenticity is, is covered up with like canvas. Like as kids, um, you know, I always kid people in and say, hey, you, weren't, you weren't a person, you were a number. And, you know, one of seven, and we're six boys and one girl, and you were just a number. You were not really taken very seriously or, you know, forget about passions and desires. They weren't even allowed, you know. So I think we're starting to come along um, as, far as, as far as parents. I knew I had to do a, a tremendous shift in the way I parented to compared to the way I was a recipient of it. And I was, I was so—I um, was— forever indebted to the Lord for giving me the, um, the grace and the fortitude and the, um, you know, realize the responsibility of parenting, how important it is, you know, and, and I know you've taken that to, uh, to all kinds of different levels too, just by, by hearing this story. Um, did you go to, did you go to church every day? Was that like an everyday thing or was it every Sunday? Not or, every day, not every, every Sunday, day. but every twice a Sunday. Oh, wow. That's Oh, tough. yeah. Morning and afternoon. And then we had classes during the week. So we would have young people classes or young people grouping where we would have meditations and then catechism, which is like the doctrine of the church. We would have additional classes around that. So I suppose like maybe three three times a week for sure. Yeah. yeah. Awesome. So so let's wrap up. But I want to just say um, reaching out uh, to everybody listening to this interview, um, best client and the best thing you can do for like who is your best person out there um, that can come in and change their life by, you know, enrolling in your courses, in your academy, in your vision board, the, the Dare to Declare. And by the way, folks, go to Debbie's website, please. It's, uh, it's debbiesluce.com. So that's D-E-B-B-I-S-L-U-Y-S.com. And the links will be in all the show notes, of course. But um, who can we reach out to to say you're our person to come and get your life really on track? I'll tell you who's not my person. My, my, who's not my person is someone who um, should see a counselor. And I, you know, I distinguish between coaching and counseling. And so yeah. I think that if you're in a state of crisis, um, a vision board coach is not where you're at. 
And I right. think that that piece of the healing and so forth, but the, the clients that I love to work with are usually at a crossroads. So I think most of them are women. They've either just gone through, you know, a marital breakup uh, or perhaps they're, they've just sort of woken up out of a slumber of maybe motherhood or just feeling like I've just been on autopilot or, or maybe they're at a job that no longer serves them. And, and they're like, there's gotta be something more. I think that's probably the number one line is there's gotta be something more. And so I'm usually where people are at when they're at a fork in the road that they're like, I, I don't, I know I want something more. I know I'm meant for something bigger. I'm looking for my purpose. I'm just, you know, I'm exploring my why, but I, I'm not clear on it. I don't know what it is that I want. And that's where I love to support people when they're at that. They're open, they're curious, um, they're ready, uh, but they don't know. And that's okay because that's where my coaching comes in that I get to help them dig in. Because as I said, you do have the answers. It's just that have you given yourself the time, the liberty, the permission to express them? to say it out loud, what it is that you really want. And then let's get that in um, beautiful picture form that provokes in, uh, the emotion, which then raises your vibration and, and promotes the law of attraction. You hear that, folks? Your dreams are just waiting. And when you go to Debbie's website, there's three invitations there, um, right up there, free invitations for you, three free invitations. One is the Goal Crusher Scorecard. One is the free discovery call with Debbie. And then there's an e-guide to create a powerful vision board. And this is just the tip of the iceberg. I, I can encourage everyone to go and check out this website. It's so well done, so professional, beautiful job on this, Deb. And thank so um, um, I want to thank you so much for coming on. But before we go, I want to just give you the last word. Anything you would like to say to the audience, whether it be a prayer, a well-wish, um, anything at all, just to cap off our excellent conversation we had here today. Sure. So I'll give you three more words. Um, most people think about a vision board as what do I want to have? So the stuff I want to have in my life, what do I need to do to hustle to get that stuff? And then I'm going to be happy. And what I want the listener here to, I hope they take this away is that it begins with the B. So the B is actually the first word. So who do you get to be the best version of you? Uh, that's the vision. So focus on your self-image around you in all areas of this vision, this beautiful vision for your life. And then the doing are the goals. And then the having, you can just leave that up to God. Because as I said, he's got something really beautiful in store for you. And uh, you just get to be responsible for your being. So... I want, I'll leave that. Awesome. Debbie Sluice, I just want to uh, thank you so much for being a part of the Dharmic Evolution. And I want to wish all of God's blessings on you, your family, and your business, and your grandchildren, especially moving forward. Thank you so much. Well, get over there and dare to declare. As I said, all the notes about Debbie are in the show notes. Please support her and support yourself by taking advantage of this. And don't forget my coaching offer. That's a wrap for me. I'm your host for the Dharmic Evolution, James Kevin O'Connor. So until the next time, when we meet again, I'll either see you on the socials or I'll see you from the stage. Ride on, ride on, baby, won't you take a ride with me? Ride on, ride on, we can untangle all the mystery If wishes were wind
Pictures in your mind. I'll take you places. 